Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance and save by bundling auto and home. Hello and welcome to week 25, I think it is, of the Foot Weekly Podcast. I am joined this week by our very regular guest, Air Japes. How are we doing? I am wonderful. I just... Uh... Made my way through my first player pick. Got 93 Red Lavandowski following up on a great week of, you know, packing the Shapeshifter Richarlison out of the Shapeshifter pack. And I packed that uh, the Polenta from the new Copa Libertadores. A tasty card. Whatever it is, the, the pack. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of quality pack. Look, yeah, good yeah, week for me good. so far. And we also have esteemed coach himself, Mr. Dory. Welcome back. Hello, thank you for having me back. Uh, unlike uh, Japes, I don't have the pack luck on my side, so I'm just uh, <laughs> sitting here looking at my 86 Aspiliqueta from the first player pick. So yeah, <laughs> that's that. <laughs> I haven't got there yet, but um, I'll, I'll look forward to that when I do. We might as well mention that quickly. So what EA have done is basically added an additional reward to Weekend League through objectives. You get red picks through objectives. Uh, Dory, do you actually, I think you have in front of you, don't you, what those picks were? And you probably just redeemed one, haven't you? So. Yeah, so you have three new player picks that you can get. The first one is if you win 10 games, you just get a player pick uh, selected from five. So you have every team of the week until team of the week 25, it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll just be able to pick from five players and you can choose one, obviously. And then you have a second one that's at 18 wins for an 87 plus player and then there is a third one where you can choose from two players I, I think it was where you can pick an 88 plus overall rated player but that's like a 24 wins already so therefore mm. that's not for everyone I think the 10 wins is kind of for the most people that play weekend league 18 might be like a tough target but 24 can be like hard yeah yeah not for you though Dorian you got verified didn't you the other week yeah, like I'm not verified because it was oh, one week was, after verification wasn't that ended. <laughs> right. Like I'm not verified, but I got 27 wins here. Amazing. And uh, we, we we might talk about your tactics maybe in the second half. And actually, Japes, you've got some tactics to share probably as well, don't you? Enjoying that 3-5-2? Yeah, the 4-3-2-1 and 3-5-2 I've been pretty consistently using. And I managed also nab 27 wins last week. So uh, a good weekend for guests on the pod. Nice. So did, when you got your Lewandowski, did, was that in the eighty-seven? That was for ten wins. That was, no, what? it was just for it was for ten. So wins. it was so not even and, rating, like not even <laughs> not even the eighty-seven above. And what's hilarious, Ben? First car, he was the first car that popped up was the ninety-three Lewandowski. Second car that popped up, the ninety Lewandowski. 
So, uh, you know, it was, I, I attribute that to the four Byron players that I already had in my squad mm. and EA just, you know, recognizing that one can always use more Byron players. So, you know, yeah. letting wow. me have the main man himself. Wow. And uh, we should also point out, I guess, you know, this is as is traditional to the content section. So we should talk about what's gone on this week in foot. You mentioned Polenta earlier, actually, and he's one of the players um, that features here, but uh, a common ball Libertadores squad has come out and Japes I feel like this ticks the exact box that you like to be ticked yeah it ticks the big time box (laughs) the the ultimate content box the only box that matters for me (laughs) is does it add new usable cards into the game and the answer is completely yes 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 and what's Mm. cool uh, about this squad and what I think will be cool about the squad at least is it could the promo continues to go on is like these cards are likely going to just get cheaper and cheaper and you're going to be able to build just like a fantastic team of these off Mm. league or off competition cards that's really really strong and competitive for next to nothing um which is cool and but i think you know the one the one downside of this promo it's just a knock on i suppose the general foot fan base that we know because the south american fan base is going to eat this up they're going to absolutely love this promo the general fan base, these cards are exciting and shiny for a second, but they're not the quote-unquote big-name, big-league players, if you will. And so it's not going to have the same type of umph. And so, I, you know, when we talk about content that I think does super well, it's oftentimes still pulling from those main leagues, but giving cards like pretty significant increases in ratings for ones that haven't seen any type of bump yet. So all in all, this promo, though, fantastic. I'm a fan. Mm, Yeah, exactly. For the reasons you've mentioned, it's really good. And I also think it's nice to see a few players in there that, you know, we've had in previous years and have been very good like Valencia coming back it's almost like a flashback isn't it Lissandro Lopez well, same with as well. Tevez and, and, and Tevez Lopez, yeah yeah both yeah, of them yeah. are like foot legends aren't they really so it's really nice to see them back and they're really interesting cards as well Tevez actually has really decent defending or like okay defending for a, a striker and they just have that kind of like small aggressive mold which I think is effective on this game actually but Dory yeah are there any players in there that you want to pick out as like players that you found that you think are good or maybe you've used them no i haven't used any because like i said in the previous time i was on here i'm i'm rocking the road to glory so for me to link these cards are so hard and that's the only downside for me in this whole promo promo is that the fact that they are so hard to link because there are players in there and the league itself doesn't exist in fifa but because of this promo the libertadores promo they get added back in so you can't link them the only way to link them is like with other libertadores players so that's like an iffy thing for me because in the end I need I really need to have almost all the cards to have a good team or like make them triangles to to get to a decent team. Uh, but I, I really mm. like the fact that they are pretty cheap yet they are beasts, so they will be perfect super subs in my opinion. If I look at that Lissandro Lopez or that Francia card, even how's he called? Because it's it's a very difficult name to pronounce. Hinestroza, I think it's it is Hinestroza. 87 rated left mid with 99 pace and 85 shooting like that's incredible for a super sub i think one of the things that makes them slightly better from a linking perspective is like a lot of them are say argentinian you've got a few kind of nations that 
can link to each other. I think Valencia is one of the players that is going to be really difficult to link. Um, Tricky to link, there, but, but Ben, if at this point in the game, if you've done icon yeah, spots yeah, twice, yeah, like true, yeah. using, uh, say, you've done like uh, Rio Ferdinand, who was super popular and still very much able to be like quote unquote meta and usable in this game, like it makes getting some of these cards in mm. really, really easy. Yeah, and I also like how some of these players have quite interesting stat balances. Like a couple of the wingers have really good defensive stats, which is really nice if you're playing like three at the back formations or you want a versatile player who can play in midfield, but also out, you know, central midfield, but also out wide. I think there's a lot of decent options here. And they've done a good job in terms of making them usable in terms of stats. And also uh, with Tevez, they increased his weak foot, I believe. So they've um, they've done a good job here, I think. Uh, I know it's as you say, difficult to link, but I think that also makes them cheaper. So anyone with that kind of creativity is going to get the best out of this. A friend of mine is using all these cards like in, in one Libertadores squad and playing Weekend League with it right now. Oh, so nice. quite interesting to see like how he was doing. He bought that Salvia for 300k and now he's 500 or 550. Like they've been increasing a lot. Yeah, I, I like Salvio because he's got exceptional attacking stats. Um, and I was just looking at him just with basic and he's got 80 strength as well as 83 aggression and like just below 70s in a lot of his defensive stats but he's also yeah. got just outstanding attacking stats as well so there are lots of really good options here for people to explore and it's one of those things like I, I, w- I want to pick out players but there are just so many that, <laughs> that are actually really effective and uh, although there are some kind of stinkers in there as well I think in general and actually yeah Broadfield FC wrote to say flashback Diaz looks like the Kante on steroids with 300 extra in-game stats as well got more in-games than a Fan favourite, 87 Akuna. So it looks like a no-brainer for 50k, or is it a trap? I think it's an interesting one, actually, with that one, because he is quite short. He's like 5'5", five five, which I know Kante's short, but that is really short. And I know he might have expired by the time listeners are listening, but I think there's a broader point here about small midfielders. It's a trap. Uh, it's a you, trap. Do you think it's a trap? I'm considering doing him just because I've got some untradeables and I could use him as like SPC fodder in the future, even though you can get other 89s, I think, for around like 30K now. So that's why I'd say it's a trap because uh, even while you like look at his stats, he only has the 73 sprint speed. I, I, I just, I think, you know, the Chili, you can link him to flashback uh, Alexis Sanchez too. So you could build some interesting squads with him, but. I personally, I don't think he's like a particularly dominant looking card. Mm. I think you're you're gonna be uh, a little bit let down by you know if he had maybe if he'd had like a four star weak foot, I'd be a little bit more forgiving. Um, but with the three star weak foot, five mm. foot five, you really are the type of way that you have to use him is really just like one way and I, I suppose that's more my play style with wanting to have super versatile cards that I can use in multiple positions and he's just not a card that I feel that way about I think in terms of the the small midfielder for me just especially that small is just going to get bypassed a little bit easily um, mm-hmm. I've been using so in my shapeshifters pack I actually got um, the David Luis which is Ooh, very nice okay. luck but I also had his centre back card the flashback so uh, and I'd been using that so I've changed things up I've got him in and he's pretty exceptional despite the stamina I just have to move him to centre back bring another midfielder which makes sense anyway in the second half he's very good he's really good actually and I've also been moving Kondogbia out from centre back into midfield Mm. in order to Mm. move 
the 90 Essien into right back. So Ramos can come into the center back position, right? You're um, doing all of your shifting. I know. <laughs> I love it. And he, uh, he uh, like, honestly, the, I've realized how much of a difference it makes. And Japes, you've been using pretty top tier cards. So you might have uh, been all over this already. But the big body type in the midfield, kind of just locking down and creating more of an obstacle just really does help a lot. Um, and I, I feel like even the exceptional uh, midfielders like Essien, who's really, really good, just doesn't feel like as much of an obstacle to get past. And I know Kante is really good, but he's a bit of an anomaly just because some of his stats are just you know, beyond anything else that we see, apart from maybe this card. But he's also not quite as short as Diaz. I think, for me, even Kante is going to be surpassed by these bulkier centre midfielders. So that's my tip on him. I mean, to be honest, you might as well still do him, as you say, you know, like fodder or whatever. Why not? But I think... Like I would probably just avoid it myself because there'll be SBCs to spend on other times. Is there anyone else in there that people want to chat about or point to? I think we probably don't that Rojas looks actually really decent. Rojas, yes, the CM. The he's he looks really really good. I, only his weak foot's letting him down. But speaking of big bodies, like really nicely well rounded stats, especially mm. with an engine, uh, and he stands at six foot one, so he is a big body in the midfield. Wow, yeah. I actually hadn't really looked at his stats. He's like two, 220k. Two, really nice. 230, 220. Like, it depends. If you're on Xbox, it's only 200k. But it looks amazing. Yeah. And he's he's yeah, like yeah. the versatile player. Four-star skills too. So that's like wonderful if you would do something more like mm. CM. But like, I would play him on... Yeah. Like, if you look at the card with an engine, like you said, I think he would be great for like a CM cam position. If you need like more of a defensive player, you put an anchor on him and you can put him CDM or even center back. Yeah, he's pretty versatile, isn't he? It's a little bit like Atal. He does have a high attacking work rate, I guess that's the only thing, and medium defensive. Yeah, that would be the only downside to it. So that's something to watch out for. But he, yeah, as you pointed out, he, he does look really good. And uh, yeah, just such a good price on so many of these players. And he obviously links up with Diaz. So yeah, uh, I mean, it's a really good promo. Like, I'm glad they did this. I think it's great for, I know a lot of like our listeners are getting excited because you know, if you don't have a million zillion coins, then this is the kind of promo that if you're smart with squad building, you can make a team which is really competitive um, totally. for really cheap. And I think that's great. I think that's what we like to see about team of the season, isn't it, Japes? Like that that is what's so exciting about then, you know, just all these amazing cards that are actually really reasonably priced because people don't look out for them. Yeah, good stuff. What else have we seen around that? Japes, did you get anything good in the loyalty pack? No. What did you get? Did you <laughs> get a mega pack? Or First of all, what did you get? Uh, yeah, exactly. What did you get? No, I think I got like Navas or something like that. Uh, like it was it was it was bad. It was I did not have the ultimate pack, so I did not log in. I was the second tier down. I yeah, was the, I was yeah, and I thought I'd played a lot this year, so I yeah. was like, oh yeah, I'm definitely getting. I feel like I've been on the tier. web app like every day, so I don't, maybe it's just broken to be honest. So this might seem like a silly question, right? Because I feel like the answer is obviously yes in many ways. But with this bonus weekend league player pick, do you not think, Japes, that this is something that should be always around? So let me attack this multiple ways. Um, I think first, it's really nice that the player pick from Weekend Leagues is from all of the Weekend's League past. Yeah. So that you really do have a chance to get a great player. And I think it's fun that it's immediate. I think that's really, really nice. And I think it's something that maybe three is aggressive. Uh, but I feel like one at 10, one at 20... Every weekend is certainly possible. Yep. Um, I I really, really 
enjoyed opening my first one. Obviously, I got a good card, so and it's that great. Not, helps. Yeah, not to have to wait till Thursday as well. That's nice. Yeah, I think that's I think that's one of the biggest parts. Is it's instant gratification. I found myself being like, "Ooh, I want to keep going now. Now yeah. I want the next one." So I don't I don't know if it's something that they'll continue to incorporate. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see. Well, I'd be interesting to see from their side on the you know back end data if this did have a significant impact on how many players decided to actually go in and play the game. Yeah, no, no. And Dory is someone who's RTG, even if you're pick was not very good i'm assuming it's something you'd like to see regularly i think it's a good idea to have this but on the other hand like uh, i think we're forgetting about the people who actually get like 30 and 0 or 29 and they miss out on top 100 packs so that's like one of the big things that i've been thinking about how to attack that little bit of a problem because there are people who get 29 and 1 in a weekend league mm and they don't get up 100 packs, yet there is somebody else with a, with a little bit more skill rating and then gets in, or like the other way around. People- so the, this is really good for players who are not so good, but actually you're not really improving the offering for the like players who are grinding out 27 wins. Or Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. This way, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Yeah, so just to wrap up the new players that we've had, by the way, actually, listeners, if you spot any, there are so many of these Libertadores cards, if you spot any that you really like, just uh, let us know, you know, tweet us or uh, send us uh, an email. Tell us what card you've been using, what card you've enjoyed. Because there are lots of interesting ones to uncover in this. But there's a couple of players, an SBC player and a objectives player that we will finish on. Davinson Sanchez. I mean, James, what were your thoughts on that one just quickly? It's lazy. Yeah. It's lazy, Ben. I, I, and this is, you know, we talked about my like, quote unquote content rating system which is not complicated it's does it add more usable players to the game and Davinson Sanchez does not do that there's already a footmas Davinson Sanchez that kind of covers off on that and so when I think about what could have been a player moments Falcao even though challenging to link with the Colombian links that have been introduced to the game from his time like at Atletico or something like that uh, would have been Mm. amazing or you think about Arias last year as like a right back from Colombia and if it had to be a Colombian there's certainly more options but if they were just playing from uh you know the whether it's Colombia or Chile or uh Argentina there are far more options like what about an ever Benega? I don't know. There, it just it's to me it's lazy because they just took. Mm, we can get a Premier League player. Who cares if he's already got a footmas card? We'll just toss another one in, mm. and mm. that to me is just is just a waste. I mean, it's it's for everybody that did that footmas Davinson Sanchez like slapped in the face. Yeah, poor one to be honest. Let's move on to a card which I definitely don't think is poor and is extremely hard to find on player databases because his name is Joe and it's just J-O and for some reason on player databases online you can't actually find players that are two letters long so he's a little bit awkward but at least once you do find him you'll notice that this uh, objectives player is actually really very decent looking he was three star three star and now he's four star four star which is a big jump up oh spicy yeah exactly and he's six foot four he's left footed which i think with someone like him people might get caught out uh, especially those who don't know him from his man city heydays and the interesting thing about him is you know he is six foot four but he's also got 85 agility this is with engine 71 balance 93 reactions and his dribbling ball control 
and composure are all above 96. His acceleration is perhaps the only downside on this card, really, because it's 85, but his sprint speed is 97, and his shooting, without a boost, 94 positioning, 93 finishing, 93 shot power, and long shots are only 80, volleys 88. It's a very, very good card, and he can also link up the play, outstanding passing, and 99 strength, and 80 stamina, uh, for a player with low defensive work rate isn't too bad. I think he's one of those players that actually the objectives don't look too bad. And considering, you know, people have their icons, Brazilians, I don't think he's too bad to link either. And I think he could be, I've been thinking recently, I want to get some strength into my attack. And I feel more and more the centre-backs you're coming up against are not only, you know, maxed out pace now with Shadow, most of them, but they're also really high strength. And I feel like, yeah, you can nip around them sometimes with your sort of fast and more nimble players, but they're increasing in agility as well. Having a, a target man, um, a player who you can work off, you know, whether it's kind of Ibrahimovic figure, the only thing that I'd say about him is his, his weight is not as high as Ibrahimovic, so he might not feel quite as strong as Ibrahimovic, but he's very agile for his size and uh, he, he could be really interesting to try out. Let's move on to some final content-related discussion then. Uh, there's a few interesting questions on this, actually. The question which I was going to put to Japes, which I feel like I can guess what you're going to say because I think it's mm. a, a good point from him. Ginger Pie Man says, with the Libertadores players released this week, do you feel like EA should release more cards for sides outside the top five leagues? Maybe. <laughs> Didn't want to say. Didn't uh, want to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it, like, why not? I, I certainly think that the there can be cards released from outside the top leagues. I just think they, that selection of those cards needs to be thoughtful. When it's done well, it's amazing, right? Mm. When it's done poorly, yeah, it leaves a lot to be desired. So as long as as long as it's done well, uh, I, I certainly think like, why not, man? Why not? More cards that are usable, the better. Bring it on. Dory, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think like it, it just adds to the versatility and like the difference in teams of other players and i think that's fun like if i see somebody with a very creative squad i might message him afterwards and be like wow yeah i, I really i really like the squad how originally and maybe it will give me an idea to how to put my team around and maybe add some fun cards into it yeah variety is the spice of life as they say <laughs> so yeah no i i definitely agree i think the more cards released the better and if they're from other leagues then it just makes them cheaper and you know people can use their Squad building skills, and I'm always a big fan of that. So I think I think it's really good. Here's a question, which I think is really for me, judging by the the content here. Gustavo asks, well, he always says, "Hey guys, greetings from Brazil." Hey Gustavo, question for the pod for the ones who got SBC Ramos. Any suggestions of La Liga centre backs or centre mid CDM who can play as well at right back? I have Condolbia, Bartra, Herrero, various other players. They all look a bit slow and clunky to play right back. Am I wrong? And actually, we got a few suggestions from other. Uh, listeners, Skogskria said shapeshifters Mendy looks like the obvious choice, right? Because you can move him from midfield. Yes. And, yeah, exactly. And then Bartra, Sterling Sheep points out, yeah, also actually potentially a decent right back. But Mendy, I mean, he's proper good. Yeah, Mendy, Mendy I mean, he's screams. A fullback, <laughs> yeah, he's a default fullback, but fullback. not just that. You know, maybe if you're, if you're not overly familiar with him, it's good to point out that he has five-star weak foot as well. So playing yeah. left, playing right doesn't really matter. Yep. He is going to be successful period yeah no matter where you play him probably across the entire back line so definitely definitely i think the right shout in this case uh, the reason why i wanted to bring this up was basically because 
one of the key things when you're thinking about moving players around is that there are very few centre-backs who play well at full-back. They require much more pace than centre-backs, but also more agility and ability on the ball to move in tight areas and you know to bomb up and down. They need the stamina and all that kind of stuff. So you're less likely to find a centre-back who can play full-back, but you're quite... Well, you're much more likely to find, especially with the Shapeshifters promo, a midfielder who can play at fullback and then you move your centre-back, say Condolpi is a good example, into midfield. That seems to work quite well. So, you know, you've got um, Shapeshifters Atal, you've got Shapeshifter Mendy, uh, and actually in this promo we've got more as well. So there are quite a few options there for switching players around. I think switching players around with all these players we've got is a really good way of... Um, getting really good value into your into your squad for a reasonable price, I think. Um, it's worth noting. I agree. Uh, yeah. And actually, we had a question connecting into this. I know, Dora, you are quite interested in this one. Carl Eric says, and I think this is an interesting point with Icon Swaps 3 on the way during this promo. That's been confirmed. Carl Eric says, I would like to hear your thoughts on the accessibility of top-tier icons. Specifically, should every committed player have access to the very best cards in the game? Or, you know, who are you fine with the thought of not having R9, Hullet and Vieira in your endgame teams? Dory, what did, what did you want to say about that? So, yeah, in the, in the last few years, I've been working t- Road to Glories, like, for four years, I think it is. To be fair, I mm. never really spent FIFA points in my life. That's my personal choice. But now it's by force in Belgium, of course. But, like, with, with the icons, uh, this year, I think they're far, mm, far more harder to obtain than they were, like, in last year or two years ago because by the end of the year I always have like a prime Eusebio prime Hullet and a prime Maldini those are like my three icons to go to and then I fill it fill it up with whatever is there uh, but this year I might even doubt if I even get to a Hullet or if I get to <laughs> a Eusebio this is the question I'd have which a few people have made this point on the podcast and I'd say did you have those players at this point in the year last year like n- not even this point. Like I would, I would have them say maybe in a bit. Like with the with the SBCs, I would grind towards them. I would like get one team, an eighty-five rated team, and then by the time around now, I would get into the more expensive ones. So take like, give or take like two, three weeks from here, I would have them. Um, mm. Or like I would start having full teams completed already, because icons would drop. There would be icon SBCs, etc. But like this year, because they are only available on the market or through uh, swaps, I think it's so much harder to get those top tier icons, R9, Hullet and Vieira. But that's like not, not even the question. It's like just if we think that you should be able to get them, in my opinion, everyone that grinds the game, that plays the game, should be able to play with them mm. at least a few weekend leagues. Not every single one of them, but at least have like two or three from them. That would be fair for the players to have that just to feel how they are and you will always like even from an EA perspective it would be smart because if you play with them and you feel like oh my god these cards are amazing then maybe next year they they will be willing to spend money to get those icons a lot sooner that's just my mm. thought process behind it but like for me personally it would be great to, to be able to play with these cards and if I can't then I can completely understand because in the end it's a little bit of a I won't say pay to win, but like the guy that pays has a little bit more of an edge on the player that doesn't. So I think mm. there should be a difference, but I think the difference is too big at this point. I've quite enjoyed not seeing Hullet, Vieira, all these sort of traditional meta top tier icons that people were gaining through icon SPCs. And I mentioned this before earlier in the year. And my view, and we'll see how things go, is that 
the players who really want those players like you will have them in your team, but just not now. And, and I know this seems crazy to some people who don't think the market's going to go in that direction, but I think it will over in the next couple of months. I can see why people want to say, oh, I want to play with them now. But for me, beyond anything, my favourite time of the year is team of the season. And I'm always looking forward to that throughout the year. And if that's the point where I get those players in, I, I don't mind that. I, I would prefer that I was seeing a bigger variety of players and more interesting squads. And actually, even myself being forced into using, you know, say these Libertadores players, for example, than those icons. And I know I'm, I'm not alone in thinking that, but I also know that that's perhaps not the majority for you, James. Mm, I have like mixed feelings, Ben. <laughs> uh, naturally, um, it, nothing's ever like truly black or white yeah. for me. So I think I think with the icons, the point that I would make here is that people perhaps should have been made aware in advance that swaps were not going to include the top tier icons. Yes, that that is ultimately because what what the situation that we're in now is that there are there was an expectation that people would have access to all of these top icons purely by playing the game right that's it purely by mm -hmm. playing the game you'd have to access to these top icons and that's not the case um i think they're still extremely tricky and extremely challenging now the the counterpoint that i would make too is this year, more than any other year in the history of FIFA, there are plenty of fantastic, quote unquote, like substitute goods or good players that you can get your hands on for cheap. Mm. I'd argue this year, more than any other year, you don't need those truly elite, elite icons to be dangerous, to be competitive. Mm. Whereas in, in past years, like, oh, he's got Hullet, good luck. Yeah. Even if you have like an 88 Goretzka, right? And this year, 88 Goretzka, like I take him in against Hullet, like that's no problem for me. Prime moment or the player moments, Kimmich, bring it on, right? Like I, I feel like I can still be competitive against those teams. And in past years, I'd see Hullet and I'd go, mm, unless mm -hmm. I had someone like that, like a Hullet or an icon of Mateo, something like that to compete, I was going to get walked over. That is not the case mm. this year. And so for me, that is pretty awesome. But with swaps, it's tricky because personally, the way swaps were described to me, I felt like every single icon in the game would be earnable through swaps based mm. on how it was described. And that's not been the case. So I can see why people are upset. Yeah, I, I get what you mean from that perspective because I was kind of thinking that a little bit myself and especially with the first swaps may have lulled me into a sense that maybe we would get some really good ones for swaps two and the ones at swaps three, I think people might still be surprised by that selection um, in terms of it being <laughs> better than they think. But I think that when you look back, I probably would have been taking coins more often so that I could have more coins to spend on uh, icons and things like that and i'd probably strategize in terms of how i was doing my rewards maybe slightly differently and actually we had another question about someone saying well i i really feel like i haven't been able to accumulate coins this year and i definitely feel like a lot of people have been in this boat thinking well if there's icon swaps i'm going to get a good icon going to get good icons into my team and 
they think like last year there's going to be plenty of SBCs to submit their fodder into, but actually probably the smart move this year was to take coins. And it's boring, but the amount of coins you can generate if you're a committed player is actually quite big. And maybe you could have gone down that approach. I don't know if I if I totally agree because I, I've taken the untradeable rewards every time. Mm. And because of that, I feel like I have a huge base of SBCs that I've been able to complete of very usable cards. Yeah. Um, mind you, my pack luck has been on this year. It could have ended a very different way for me, but because I've taken untradeable rewards consistently and I open so many packs because of it, I mm. also feel like I'm increasing the chances that I have to get lucky. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, when I think about my team that I use, almost the whole thing could be untradeable. Mm. And I've never, ever felt that way in any FIFA previously. I guess actually maybe I was just not explaining that well because I kind of agree with that. I've taken a lot of untradeable rewards this year, but I don't actually regret it because as you say, I've got some really nice cards through SBCs, you know, through, uh, you know, whether it was chancing uh, that shapeshifter pack and getting Luis uh, or completing Luis in the first place, the flashback. There's all these kind of things which actually demonstrate that you can build these really, really quality teams which compete, as you were saying, Jake's before, with icon squads uh, through SBCs and through fodder and things like that. And and I was pointing out the other day, actually, in the Discord when we were having a conversation, I was saying, well, actually, this team that I've built this year is probably better by far in terms of its actual performance on the pitch than any team I've built in any previous FIFA at this stage. Yes, it doesn't have your top, top icons, but it really is a team because they've really juiced up the stats because they've messed with work rates and skills and weak foots. It's actually made a real difference to the caliber of team that you can build for a reasonable price and through rewards. And I know that's not for everyone because some people want the top icons and I think they do need to do better in that regard. But I'm hopeful because of the next three months offering so many opportunities to reduce the price of these top icons that they will become more affordable. And that icon swaps three is actually a very competitive selection, but that, that does remain to be seen. Dora, you were keen to talk about this question. Any final closing thoughts from you on that? Yeah, like I just checked uh, Ruth Hullet's price from last mm. year. Last year in August, Ruth Hullet, the, icon, the prime icon, was still 3.5 mil on PlayStation. And you had an SBC to complete Hullet, and the SBC was around 2.2 mil to do i don't see it happen at the end of the year to to have a rude hullet in fifa 20 that's like three mil like i don't see i don't see it happen for somebody like me who wants to grind towards it i think icon sbcs was a very was a better way to obtain those icons instead of doing it like the swaps i like the idea mm. of like playing to get an icon but i think the selection was wrong and just like you guys i thought there would be better choice of uh, players to get Whilst we are in March right now, and the best player, in my opinion, you could get from all the swaps is then performance-wise, once again, Meta is Ferdinand, in my opinion. Maybe with Zambrola. Those are like the best. What? Zanetti. Zanetti. Zanetti? Yeah? I don't know. Yeah. I, f- I feel like... Zanetti pretty amazing. I feel like for me personally, like Zanetti is, is, is a very good player, but there is players that almost are as good as him who are obtainable by the market. But like a Ferdinand, I think... At the point when he was released, there were not that many centre-backs who could play as good. I, I understand your point as well, but I think for me, I, I, clearly not a casual player, but I have a 
at times have a bit of a casual mindset. And for me this year, at the beginning of games, I played against the exact same teams over and over and over again. And in previous years, you would play against the same teams at the beginning of the year. And as swaps or the icon SBCs came out, you'd play against those same teams at the end of the year because everybody went out and just did the whole yeah. SPCs. And right now I play against different teams. I feel like every single game and it's freaking awesome. And yeah. it makes the game so much more fun, so much more enjoyable that I frankly don't want to see SBCs like the icon ones introduced. Maybe, maybe there's a, a hybrid way to introduce them in the future to where if you really want your hull it you can go out and get him but for me like not playing against hullet every single game and still playing against like 90 rated cms is so much fun it's so much more fun it's so much more interesting than playing against like the exact same teams that like pros would try to use to abuse game mechanics over and over again yeah, no, I, I think that they're both valid points and it's an interesting thing. And, I, and my outlandish projection is that Icon Swap 3 will offer some really, really, really good icons. But come team of the season, after team of the season, people won't actually be using those icons because the team of the season players are going to be so good that actually we're going to be in a similar situation where we are now, where most people go for a variety of different players because actually, if you look at Prime Hullet stats... Yes, he's an exceptional man because he's five-star weak foot, four-star skills, six foot three. But remember, they can, apart from heights, change a lot of that stuff anyway. So we could easily be getting Hullet-level players at Team of the Season. So all that to come over the next few months. In this break, it's a great opportunity to tell you about what's coming up in the supporter-exclusive Extra Time podcast. We've got loads of gameplay advice and tips, especially focused around Japes' exciting 3-5-2 formation and Dory's interesting variation on the 4-2-3-1. You can get that along with double the amount of Foot Weekly bonus podcast content by becoming a supporter for just $3 a month. And as we go through the second half of the Foot calendar, your support is extra appreciated. So if you'd like to play a part, whether big or small, in keeping the podcast going, then that would be greatly appreciated. And you can do that over at bit.ly slash more pod bit.ly slash more pod right let's get back into it at lowe's we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time that's why we've updated our app with your business in mind with the app you can build quotes easily reorder your supplies track orders and much more so you can get everything you need right away stay on the job finish it and get started on the next one Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Hello, and welcome to part two of the Foot Weekly podcast. And it's actually quite funny me asking this. Dory, how did you find your break? It was the most amazing thing that happened in my life. <laughs> yeah, he got berated <laughs> by me about poor using <laughs> coins for his entire <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that be less true. <laughs> well, anyway, hopefully it was uh, useful for Dory let's get into this then although i did want to make a quick announcement actually and japes i realize i don't think you know this yet but basically luke from foothead who was on the podcast quite a lot actually less so this year he until a week or so ago headed up the content offering over at foothead and ran the day to day and he's moved on and basically dan who runs foothead asked me to take over some of his responsibilities 
alongside the podcast, I do other freelance work. And I thought, well, actually, you know, this is a great opportunity to add foot related work to what I do. It won't take time away from the podcast, but what it will do is bring me more knowledge, contacts, and generally allow me to be more involved in the ultimate team scene. So a big thanks to Dan and Luke for being so supportive of the pod and for making that happen. Congratulations, Ben. That's exciting. Thank you, Japes. Yeah. Already got Matt doing player objective breakdowns and SBC reviews on there. Check those out if you want a fairly immediate response. But it is now time to get into gameplay with our coach, Dory and Japes. A key topic that happened this week was the patch to overload ballside. I mentioned this briefly, uh, just as a sort of note on the last podcast that it was out and about. And it basically means that when you do overload ballside, your stamina drains really quickly. But Dory, as I'm sure you all know, uh, where this might actually stop people doing it at sort of the lower levels of FIFA, or maybe not even the lower levels, but, you know, maybe you're elite three downwards players from doing it because it's a bit awkward certainly at the pro level it seems like by toggling it on and off you can kind of mitigate that in some way Is that right? yeah exactly like if you if you still if you enjoy playing overload both side and i don't think people enjoy uh, enjoy doing it but, <laughs> but they're, they're more like we want to get better in the game or we want to get in mm. higher then i would suggest you to just like when your opponent is having the ball and he's crossing your uh, the halfway line and you can see that there's going to be something then you toggle it on and the moment you mm. you get the ball back you toggle it off like that's so mm. that's a kind of a way to counter it at least i've seen some people around trying to do it um pro players even managers and coaches and they've been trying to find a way around it and that was the the best working one because if you leave it on your players are going to be drained and apparently some people were doing this before anyway so yeah, exactly. For some people, it didn't change or like it even got worse because now the the people will keep switching it on and off and you will have like a very random way of the defenders moving and that mm. might throw off the attacking player even more sometimes. Japes, as someone who doesn't like to abuse game mechanics, you must have been pleased to see this, but uh, have you still seen it when, in the games that you've played? Uh, I don't know. I'm like 11 or 12 games in a weekend league. So the players that will be using it, I likely haven't come up against yet. Um, mm. I didn't use it personally unless I was truly chasing a game. Um, mm. in there are t- kind of how it should be used, right? I'm yeah, really I think I think it. still if I'm chasing a game, I would use yeah. it because like at that point, what do you have to mm. lose? Um, you know, the stamina the increase in stamina usage being the fix is interesting. Um, mm. And we'll see, you know, I th- I'm, I'm hopeful that they say, Oh yeah, that actually does, you know, what we're, what we're hoping it will do. And perhaps for drop back, they say, mm, drop back tactic. It's pretty draining on your mental stamina, if you will, to defend like that for 90 minutes as it is in real life, just as Atletico Madrid. And perhaps that'll be implemented in other areas as well. So I'm excited to see uh, what the results are and how everything plays out. But for me so far, haven't haven't come up against anybody that's been still trying to push forward with a nonstop on the overload. I think it was a, a bit frustrating that they patched it, but then didn't stop people toggling it. It just seemed a bit silly, especially as, you know, if you change formation, it takes a while to take effect. Surely it should work like that. So it's not an instant thing. But then again, you know, with team press, you obviously would want that to be pretty instant. One thing I would point out about the whole thing is that it's really frustrating because it's one of those things 
which you just think, you know, if the game worked a little bit differently and we had, uh, rather than new releases every year, we had a sort of rolling cycle where they just updated the game more significantly every year instead and did constant patches, this would probably be sorted out. But I can see these kind of things coming back to haunt the game again. And I think the, the real problem, I'd be interested to know, Dory, whether you think this is why overload ball side has been so effective is because of attacking runs, not understanding the fact that a team has moved across to the other side and therefore as a AI attacker, I should go out wide and create the options to move the ball into space around the opposition. Um, I've seen a few people blaming the fact that crossing is less effective, Dory, but I I personally think if attacking runs and movement were better, this wouldn't be as much of an Yeah, I think there's multiple things to it. Like, if you just use overload ball side, then it isn't OP at all. Like, the, the OP-ness of overload ball side lays within the factor of having a dropping back formation. Like, when a lot of people are dropping back, that's when overload ball side is very effective. If you're 4-on-4 fo- mm. four four and use overload ball side, it will even leave gaps and leave space for the player. Like, I'm just thinking about a scenario where you have four attackers against four defenders... In that scenario, mm. if you use overload ball side, the other side will be free all the time. So then mm. it isn't effective. But if you use your midfield and your defenders all together and squeeze it up, then it's it's effective. So for me, it's like it, it's not a standalone thing. Overload ball side. It's always combined with um, with drawback, of course. But one of the things, like like they said, the crossing that would make people go into the box and. You need a skill move or anything to get past one defender, but then there is another one. So uh, with crossing, that would counter that a little bit. But for me personally, I think like if I play somebody who's beneath, let's say, elite levels of playing, um, if he uses overall ball side or or if she uses overall ball side, I'm sorry, I think it's pretty easy to get by just by get back to your wing back switch it around to the other wing back and then there will always be space on the other side like it's just getting used to that little maneuver like the little triangle that you're making almost where you cross it to the other to the other side of the pitch to your fullback again there will always be space if they use overload ball side in the lower regions of course with the pros or like top level players um, people that get like 25 27 wins on a on a weekly basis it will be harder because they are used to it and they will switch around faster too but with people underneath the elite levels that's a pretty good way to to get around it so i think there are ways to counter it um the attacking runs don't help it but if you put your formation on wide or hug the sidelines for example it's those little things that just help it getting easier mm. to to get past it i have a funny overload ball side story now that i'm i'm thinking about it because I, I obviously play a lot of that four three two one mm. and when i've come up against players that if they don't have their fullbacks on stay back while attacking and they play with the overload ball side oftentimes my left forward or right forward whichever one's on the opposite side of the pitch is just wide open for an over the top through ball and i played against one guy that was trying to abuse it and he couldn't he kept not realizing that mbappe would just drift free every single time like beyond his outside back who was trying to pinch on over onto my uh striker or i play more like a false nine center forward was just pinching with the overload ball side leaving these just like nonstop over the top through balls and he ended up quitting out in the first half but i think that's one thing where you can recognize that people are using the overload ball side tactic by looking down at your radar at your mini map and oftentimes 
depending on the formation that you're playing, you might have a over-the-top through ball to the opposite wing that is open. And it's just that that pass is not something that's ingrained in players' minds because if you're not playing on the overload or playing against someone using overload ball side, oftentimes mm. that's covered. So it's just, I, I would say, always glance at your mini-map if you're struggling and you're not sure why you feel like you're getting trapped or they always have an extra player take a look at the mini map and you're going to find somebody wide open indeed excellent advice as always and hopefully more excellent advice from these two in the extra time podcast a bit more on overload ballside actually japes on his 352 dory's interesting take on the 4231 and whether you might need to go for a new more interesting formation to make a step up or in fact there are things you can tweak within the way you play there's loads of gameplay tips in that extra time podcast available as a patron exclusive along with all for weekly bonus podcast episodes for just three dollars a month this podcast is only made possible by your kind support so head over to bit.ly slash more pod to get involved a huge thanks to all those patrons and those icon patrons dave b shane w thomas Hunter B, Martin M, Chris W, Matt L, Anthony R, also ran, DJ FIFA player, Robbie S, Sam R, Tom B, Cody R, Christopher L, Yannick H, David S, Hugh J, Stephen F, Andrew L M, Jimmy, Craig M, Nick Jack M, Christopher R, Mohammed FC, Tenacious C, Jonathan P, Elliot M, Alistair, Paul, Dominic, Rob P, Paul S, Damon H, Jason BD, Adam W, Pobius, Michael S, Jeff B, Andrew T, Roger D, Dan W, Matt H, Alan M, Savage P, At Pace of a Tortoise, and Sam MG. A huge thanks for keeping this podcast going, and I'll catch you on the next one. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Podcast Network.